Ruiz. mentioned this but it seems so obvious in people that i talk to whether it's you know matt fink or you or anyone mm -hmm. who had any considerable longevity there which really with prince i think anything over a couple of years is pretty good longevity yeah um, it is. but it was about having a all these people had a can-do attitude you know like Big whatever time. was expected or thrown their way whatever curveball found a way to make, make it, it happen, happen. Oh yeah, you did, or you didn't last. You you know, if you couldn't hang like that, if you couldn't figure it out, if you couldn't create solutions to issues, if you know, um, you weren't going to be there, and and it could, that's just the way it was. And so um, that training, I I I call it like boot camp training. It's like it it carries it like anything now. Oh my God, it doesn't like phase me. It's like okay, well. How, you know, just stay calm, breathe, and think about it. For step back from it. It's not that deep. We'll all live, hopefully. Um, and, you know, that attitude came from, you know, for me anyway, um, you know, working at Paisley with him, you know, because you had to figure it out. You had to, you know, really think. He'd throw you on the deep end, like, like you know, asking me to cut a, start cutting a show. And, like, I never cut any kind of, like, visual in my life. And, you know, and he just was testing. He was always pushing you the boundaries and testing, if you, you know, where you were at, and you know. And uh, What was your title? I didn't have one. And this is really interesting. He wasn't in the titles back then, um, probably for many reasons, but uh, I think he was pretty sick of them. And so, um, but once in a while, he dangled me being the president of MPG. Aren't you the president of MPG Records? And I go... Oh, I what? What did I just hear that? Dang, can I record that? Um, but uh, so at times I was the president of MPG uh, Records, um, and but I, I, you know, I did management. You know, I, we did shows. We, you know, did I booked them on Jane Leno? You know, so I did PR when necessary, whatever was necessary. So I, I definitely was part of the management team. Um, and it was small. Um, I would call myself a manager, uh, for sure. Um, but that wasn't the title, you know. It was just whatever, you know, needed to get done, and at that point, so. Yeah. <laughs> were you, you were there then uh, during the time for emancipation? I was just coming in at that time. Yep. So was that before or after the miscarriage thing and that whole rough patch? Well, I was there for the second miscarriage. He, the, the the baby, the first one came to full term. I wasn't there during that time. I, um, and um, I came in right after when he was re kind of booting Paisley uh, at that point. So that's why it was really small, um, uh, a group of people at that point. Um, 
and he was starting to build back up and that um, so so I was there during the, just at the end of that period and start reboot you know so yeah were, were you surprised that he ended up parting with my team you know I mean it's it's life it's real life I I'm, I'm not surprised when anybody parts with each other it's just you know and having you know that hard time I could see it being rough you know for them it's it's hard for anybody and couples that you know kind of are more regular I guess I wouldn't call them you know um, have a tough time so uh, I'm not I wasn't surprised but I was that's not wasn't my gig to be that was their their personal life my life was to help move that around um, but um, yeah it was you know it was sad because I, I you know you had a relationship you know. with both of them, so yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm still friends with my Tay now, and um, you know, so I uh, it was it was sad. So I, I I think he would have been a great parent. That's what I think. You know, I think he would have. So you know. I think I um, you know you mentioned Crystal Ball. I think I have mm -hmm. I have at least two different packages of that. Set. I have the the actual crystal ball one and then the network and then the four one. pack, right? Yeah. I know that. Yeah, I got thrown that curveball. Yeah, right in the middle of it, and uh, I was like, "Well, can't we just like at least get all the the five discs out before we, you know, it goes to retail?" You know, and no, that the timing was a little off on that one. I, it made people mad, you know, um, that they had been waiting a year pre order. You know, and and uh, and then this four set comes out at Best Buy. You know, I was like, let's just get the five set out first. Let's like get that out. But no, I think that's probably why I still had a job. At least I had put it in a, in writing. My my um, my uh, the challenges I saw with that. You know, and my thoughts on it. So, but. Uh, uh, it, despite was, the troubles, I kept hoping there'd be another one, but there never ended up. Being I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, on this yeah. one, did did he give any indication why um, he made himself so visible and prominent, but still went with the MPG rather than? He was so. really into the new power generation at that point. I think it was the the idea um, of it all, the name new power generation. I think that's what he was really. Um, into the concept of it. I mean, he knew it was him, um, but he really wanted to push that. And uh, I think it also made it easier, so he didn't have to say, you know, I'm not Prince. I'm. He wanted to it more. It was like kind of more of a funk album in a way to me, well, right? Yeah. So I think it was like more band, funky, and I think that's what he wanted. I know when we did um, Jay Leno the first time, you know, of course they wanted to use this at least the symbol. And you know, mentioning the artist formerly known as Prince, but you know, we had to negotiate. He wanted New Power Generation, and they were just like, "Well, no one knows who New Power Generation is," you know, to me anyway. Um, and I said, "I get it, I get it," um, but we came at, to agreement, and it ended up being New Power Generation on Jay Leno. Um, and I think they said, "I don't think I know they didn't say Prince, but they they did put the symbol in there as well." So. So that was, it was interesting. I, I always thought a song like Come On, which you mentioned, 
um, you know, maybe under Warner Brothers or with proper promotion, that should have been a big hit. Oh my God, I love that track. That track, track is a is a gem. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's gems through it. Come on, was like I love that track to this day. I will play that. Like it's it's really good, really yeah. good. I agree with you on that. You know, if you know that, you know, I was ahead of that. But as I said, there was there was things that were challenging. Um, the big establishment didn't want it to succeed, and I didn't have a budget to really promote. You know, it wasn't big money, you know, to do it. But um, but I love that track. That, that track was one of my faves. It's like the remix. I I don't care if it ever ends. Yeah, <laughs> it's know? so good. It, it's a, it's a good one. Uh, did do you work at all on the uh, 1999 remix? I did. Project? I did absolutely. Um, uh, it was so funny. Uh, it was uh, Steve Park. Um, was talking about it today that 1999 had a and there was a debate with a fan about um, 1999 didn't have a Latin feel to it and Steve's like dude I heard it or woman I don't know who it was you know I heard it with my own ears when he played it for me you know that there was Latin fl flavor and Latin on the track 1999 he just was a great editor um, um, uh, Hans Mar Martin Buff was there too, and he's the engineer at the time. And he he said, you know, Prince is he's great at editing his own stuff, um, and uh, and he is. He, he the stuff that you hear that's out isn't what was originally on the track, and then he just would edit it down. So no one heard that Latin sound on 1999. So anyway. Um, that was funny today. I was just like, and um, so bringing that up is cool. Yeah, so he really wanted um, to recreate the masters by, if you take that master and you, you put new layers on it with new music, it becomes a new master, right? So he wanted to do that with his catalog. Um, I, I don't, he, I, he obviously didn't do it all, um, but he did for the 1999. So we had um, Rosario Dawson come in, and she was so wonderful, Rosario. I love her. She came, like, in sweatpants, man. And I'm like, she's beautiful and in sweatpants. She didn't come, like, trying to look good for Prince, you know. And She's there to work, you know, and, and get it. And she was so cool. She was really cool. And... Um, they went in. She did the the uh, poetry on top on one of the versions, and yeah. So uh, I was part of that. Yeah. So you were also there during Prince's huge spiritual reawakening, you know, yep. where he connected with Larry Graham. And I remember yeah. I saw uh, Larry Graham play the House of Blues in like '95 ish or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I got to go backstage and I spoke to him and I said. Are you aware that Prince is like covering a bunch bunch of your songs, you know, because uh, mm -hmm. he was doing hair and I believe in you and all that stuff and uh, the jam. And he said, oh, I heard that. I said, have you ever met him? And he goes, no, they, not yet, but I hope to. Mm -hmm. And uh, then right yeah, after yeah. that, they were like yeah. inseparable. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there during that time. And I uh, went on a, a promotional tour with Larry uh, we did some um, in North Carolina and South Carolina. Did some uh, record stores when there were record stores to go to, um, and uh, did a little record store tour of the album. And it, it was a it was a blast. That that was I mean, lines around the the block and 
people coming in with their faces going, Larry, one in a million, you know, singing it on that. Oh, I'm like, oh my God, Larry, Larry, I got married to your to your song, you know, all this. It was great, <laughs> and uh, he would talk to everybody, um, you know, every, Tina, and and then we would have Latia, his daughter, and so I remember in a little backpack, she's like married with like three kids now, so it's like it's crazy, <laughs> but yeah, so that you know, he came in. Right, um, I met him when we did the MPG dance the first time. I uh, we had to book some flights for him to come in. He came into for the show, and that was the first time I met him for dinner. And uh, uh, I have I have a really cool story. I don't know if there's two. You can always edit it out, but I got to I got to tell it. you the story. So, the MPG dance company we did in Detroit, as I was telling you, and show went off without a hitch you know there it you know <laughs> well not for me but for you know the to you know as it as it came to be but a week before that I had sold 50 tickets to the show so uh, I pulled out a, a, an amazing miraculous uh, with a Detroit uh, I think it was Detroit free press writer but anyway so it sells out we have a, the show goes off well um, and um, I remember, and I hadn't really had a lot of time with Prince at that point. He was off doing his tours, and I was really focusing on Maite and, and that. And uh, so she calls me after the show, and uh, you know the dancers, there were like 25 dancers were all in, made sure they got to their hotels and blah, 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 and all that. And uh, so she calls me and says, my husband um, wants to invite you to dinner. And I was like, oh, well, he must have liked what I did, right? I was like, oh, okay. So I go. So this, this is really cool. So we go to this restaurant, and it's closed off. And one side is a bar, uh, and no one knows we're in the restaurant side. So we're uh, off in the restaurant side, and it's um, Prince, Larry Graham, um, our publicist at the time, uh, Maite, Cat Dyson. And a guy named um, Tony Rich, he played keyboards, he had a hit. I can't remember uh, the name of it, but he, he was a keyboard player. We're all having dinner. Uh, and as we're having dinner, who walks in? Stevie Wonder walks in. And um, so Prince talks to Stevie for With a With assistance, bit. I'm sure. What's that? With some assistance, I'm sure he walked. Oh in. yes, absolutely. <laughs> he could walk well, but he needed a little guidance. Um, so he, Prince was talking to him, and uh, he leaves. Stevie leaves, and so we sit back down and we're, you know, and um, uh, there's a uh, the bars next door. As I was telling you, right? It's the same. It's the same building, but there's a bar, and there's a band. Um, you know where I'm going. Uh, that is getting ready to play, or you know, you can hear him warming up, or whatever, tuning up, or putting sound check together. And uh, uh, all of a sudden, Stevie Wonder comes back in, and he's got a harmonica. And the next thing we know, we're walking through. So I know that um, was it Takumi. I don't know if it was Takumi. Someone went across to the other side. And talk to the band about, hey, can we use your gear? So it's a long bar, uh, a thin, you know, not a. It's not. It's a longer bar, not wide. 
and um, at the front of the bar is all glass and there's a band stage right there so at the front so we walk around and we walk in now just imagine there's probably like 40 people in that bar having a drinks at the bar sitting in there you know in the booths um, and Stevie Wonder, Tony Rich, Cat Dyson, Larry Graham from Prince walk and then our entourage walk in. I mean, I just I love watching this because people are like jumping, their, their drinks are falling and all this stuff. And we're supposed to be at an after party soon, right? And so, um, but they get up. Prince plays drums. Um, Stephen Wonder sings and um, does harmonica. Tony Rich plays keys. Cat Dyson plays guitar and um, Larry Graham plays bass. Made all the hard work worth it, boy. That was an incredible moment, and not a, and, and it was funny because you could see like people walking down the street, and it, because it was a glass, you could see the band, and so they're looking at the back of Prince playing drums, like, and they're realizing who they're looking at, and you could see people going. It was it was incredible, and um, so that was a, a big thank you for making um, uh, the um, MPG dance uh, come together for that. So that was really cool. About how long did they play? Do you think? Oh, at least an hour. Wow. Yeah, at least <laughs> an hour. Yeah, and um, everybody's waiting over at the after party, which he didn't play. It was just an after party, and they were like, "We heard you guys jammed." Like I can't help it. He just he's gonna play there. It was amazing. It was one of those just special moments that you just never forget. And it was just to totally spur of the moment. So totally like random that that all came together like that. It was really cool. Wow. You know, I, I've been to hundreds of concerts in my life, and one of the most unforgettable experiences was at Glam Slam, Prince doing a the late show is like three in the morning. Mm -hmm. And they escorted Stevie Wonder up on stage. Yep. And they did Maybe Your Baby. And just <laughs> the two of them together in that venue and just seeing Prince with his guitar and Stevie Wonder keyboard and, and singing it. And Prince just looking at Stevie Wonder like, here's my idol. It yeah. was so cool. No, it's it's pretty pretty amazing when they get together and it was so good. The jam was so good, so natural and so funky, obviously. And Cat Dyson laid it down. Uh, she was so good, and uh, it was it was really really amazing. Um, so uh, I I love those gems. Wow. Yeah. So having been there when you were, um, did you hear much music that never saw the light of day? I heard some uh, from time to time. Yeah. Um, but not a whole lot. Um, I knew I was more interesting enough. There, to me, the vault, the spec, the one that I loved and I could go into was the video one, and that to me is like the gems in my mind. I mean, I know musically, but I mean, he there was a whole room full of just like everything that he ever shot, like through his career. You know, all the shows that he shot to, like, get better and look at it, you know, after every show, it was always taped. So that is amazing to me, that those gems right there, you know, to be able to have access to that. It's pretty cool. Is there anything else that you worked on that never came out? Um, most of the stuff that I worked on came out. Um, so that's kind of cool. Hmm. Um, 
as far as uh, it might have came out slow. <laughs> One came out slow, but it came out. Uh, but um, you know, he had some cool ideas that just you know we we started um, with the um, celebration is when I was there. I was putting that together with him, and uh, uh, that was pretty cool. Um, and I left before that. Uh, I saw that that particular, but it was you know the first carnation of was of the celebration. The first one? What's that? Was 2001 the first one? No, 2000. 2000. Yes, mm. absolutely. Yep. So, and then it started from there at that point. But um, no, I, I think most of the stuff, there might be some video stuff that we shot that didn't, you know, never saw the light of day day, but um, most of it. And I got to hear some stuff and, um, and see, th you know, different things that you know, other people have and, and hear some stuff. So, all his myriad talents. He had a lot of was them. Prince's greatest talent. Oh, he was just I. You know, I think that he was talented in being able to pick everything up. He was a really quick learner, um, and so by that he was able to be good at a lot of things, right? And um, I think that um, and that that single drive. I mean, I guess that's not a talent. That's just his drive. Um, but his, I think his talent is. Because he was able to like play, shoot basketball really well and hang, and he was very competitive with everything he did. It was all, it was very competitive, so he wanted to win. He was going to win, or he's going to try to win, and he's going to talk smack doing it. Um, you know, from pool to uh, basketball to bowling, he was just natural able to um, adapt, look at something, and be able to say, you know, you just had that gift, you know, of being able to just kind of do it. And just if if he just were to, you know, pick up a bass and, he, you know, watch it for a moment, maybe see a bass player, he could get get there. Obviously, he's great at it. That was the same with playing basketball, uh, I'm sure. And there was a story that he hadn't bowled before, and he went with the band bowling, and he watched. He didn't. He watched the band bowl, and then he got up and he and he tried it, and he like got a strike his first try. You know, so he's really good at like you know, absorbing how things are done, and I, I think mechanically, technically, um, being able to actually emulate that and and have that talent. I I think that's one of it. Um, I I really do, and I think that. If you have that talent and you know how to nurture it, you can do anything you want to do. Be whatever you want to be if you if you want. So obviously it was music. His greatest thing is music, you know. So I guess that's why he kind of expected it in those that were around him too. To Very much. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Very much. He expected it, he demanded it. He he worked his butt off. Um he and he wanted the best for that he you know, for him to do and be. And he wanted everybody else uh, to be at that level too. And you had to be. You had to push yourself and be there with him. And I love that because he worked his hard. He didn't just sit around while we worked hard. He was out there working harder than all of us sometimes. So never slept hardly. And you know, it was he he was passionate about what he wanted to do. So. And why did you end up moving on? It was time. I had. You know, you're in his world. You know, I you never get that twisted. That's his world, and you're in his eco 
sphere, you know what I mean, in his system. And um, it's energy draining. Um, you don't really have your own life because you're kind of working to make sure everything's cool with him, which is cool. I mean, I wanted, I signed up for that. But there was a point where it wasn't cool anymore um, for me. Uh, and, and it wasn't really hard um, being angry at him, but more kind of tired of that. Um, I always uh, promised myself when I worked for him, because you never know when you, your last day was there anyway. You know, you might, you know, decide he just wants to shut it all down. But um, so I was thankful to have those the, that time I had with him. But there was a point where I was like, okay, Jackie, you have to also think about yourself. And I always ask myself periodically three questions. Am I learning anything anymore? Uh, am I having fun doing it? And am I making enough money? Um, and when all those became well, when I'm not I'm not learning anything anymore. I'm not having any fun. The 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 money better be there to make up for that. And when that's no, then it's time for me to probably go. And I one day I asked myself that, <laughs> and it was time for me to go. So, and um, we saw each other again a couple times, not much, but I always followed him. You know when he you know basketball. I, I love basketball, so, um, and um, I, I saw him a couple times, you know, after, you know, I left. Um, when, but, when did you uh, leave Minneapolis? I, I stayed until 2004, and then I was just like, okay, I'm done with, you know, the weather. I just, I, I had an epiphany, and I was like, wait a minute, I can choose where, the kind of weather I want to live in. So I decided I you know, put my house on the market eventually and then um, moved to LA um, just, you know, for weather. And, and then I, I, wor I worked up in the, the Bay Area for a while. I love it up there. Um, so, but, uh, yeah, it was it was just time, you know, um, a natural progression. I don't think people can last with the, you know, the hours and the, the it, it's never going to end, <laughs> Uh, you know, with hours and hours, it was just going to be, you know, that I needed a life. I needed a life, you know, for me. It wasn't that New Year's Eve that, that was the stick that broke the camel's back, was it? <laughs> it was one of them. <laughs> I could think of a few. Uh, but, you know, actually changing his name back to Prince was one that I was like, mm hmm. He's made me mad now, you know, and not mad that he wanted to change his name back. It was just like thinking back all like the calls and the complaining about, you know, people not saying his name right, not because it's not it's not pronounceable, dude. Um, and um, oh, we did call him dude from time to time. You know, the crew called him dude. Hey, have you seen dude? So, um, but uh, it was just I was just like, oh gosh, he's Prince again. It's been a long journey, you know. You not being Prince, man. I think you're gonna have to take that journey without me being Prince again. So, but uh, anyway, oh man. But it, it was great. I'm so so happy I did. And when I look back, I just think, wow, you know, I was really blessed and lucky to to uh, be in his proximity. It's amazing that Morris Hayes lasted all those years. Well, yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, as a musician, that's got to be it's a whole new ball of wax on that one. It's got to be mm -hmm. tough. But Morris was such a brain 
of the band for a long time that I could just see that, you know, it, it was more stabilizing in a way, I think, for the band. You know, he knew, Morris knew that he get, Morris had all the sounds, he was like, he knew how to run everything, you know what I mean? So even though he kind of flipped back and forth with different, he would always come back to Morris. I, I, I could see that. And then Morris's personality, you know, too. So uh, it just made sense. Same with Steve. Steve Park was there a long time. But Steve didn't work there every day. We always joked. I said, hey, dude, you weren't here every day. You get to fly back to Baltimore. You come in for a week. You don't sleep for a week, and you go back home. It's like, I, I got to be here, like, you know, every day. And so, um, so there, you know, but, uh, yeah, so I think Steve and, and – uh, Morris and a, a few others, you know, were longevity on that. Were you surprised um, how largely Prince came back commercially during the two thousands? I wasn't. I was really not because he or you know, I think it was to start with even with Rave. I think that kind of got him like, okay, I can do one off albums with a label in my terms, you know. Um, and so when he was doing the others, I think he popped back and forth. I don't know what he did musicology on or if he, 2004. If he was a, which was that 2004? No, um, I don't know what label he, that was with. Oh, Sony, he, I think. Sony C. So he was doing some pop-offs and, and I think he was, um, I think that was the start of him getting back into, you know, that, but on his terms, he, you know, he's back being Prince again. Uh, he's feeling, you know, that. So he, and you know. It was great. I was happy to see that. I, you know, I don't think he ever left. I just think, you know, it was just circumstances and business and different things, you know, um, created those different. But, but I'm, I'm really happy to have been part of the ones that didn't even um, maybe do it as the commercial success, you know, but it, there were other successes there that are lasting in what we see in today's music. And that continue. isn't... That has nothing to do with the music part, right? Yeah, he continued to innovate so much with the Absolutely. giveaway, the concerts, and the giveaway, and the and the publications, totally. and Absolutely, yeah, it's always Incredible. way cool, incredible. <laughs> there were so many. Some days I'd be up in the in in the conference room with him, and I'm supposed to be like, you know, MT something for MTV or whatever, and I'm like, he he just decides he wants to really kind of talk, and so I'm there for. For at least an hour, two hours, he's telling me ideas and this and this, and I just sit and I just talk and maybe make some notes or whatever. And so many great ideas, like um, that didn't come to fruition, but are you know just brilliant, you know, all these different ideas. But um, but it's really cool, and I'm glad you know to him that that kind of started that spark of that innovation with him, you know. So yeah. I'm glad you did, and I'm glad you could share it with us. I appreciate that. Yeah. So tell me about. The foundation. Um, it yeah. was founded in 2017, and yeah. you know how many members and and what's going on with it. Yeah. So actually, in 2016, when Prince passed, um, we did a private event in November in Minneapolis, and at the event we had some merchandise made, um, and uh, John Blackwell was sick at the time, and uh, Michael Van Huffel had had a um, you know he's got an autoimmune type disease for long term, um, for a long time, and we thought, hey, you know, we could sell and raise some money for both John and, and Michael at, at this event, right? It wasn't even 
you know anything about a foundation or anything. It, this was totally put together for private event to celebrate his life amongst you know um, the PRN fa alumni family. You know, and we didn't know if 35 people would show up. Well, 300 people showed up for that event, wow. so it was needed and it was amazing. And we had um, different people speak, and we had video, you know, and music and food and you know cocktails, and we all got you know you know hung out and people that hadn't met each other but had just heard their names like met for the first time. There was a woman that came in who had been under the, uh, worked in under the Cherry Moon. Uh, she flew in from France. It, it was crazy. So we raised um, a good amount of money that night. Uh, we were able to give money to John and to Michael and literally as we're like breaking down the night because it was like I can't tell you how magical that night was. It was just love and respect for, you know, Prince and, and just everybody that worked in that kind of, you know, we knew what we had, you know, in our own respective eras had to work with. It, it, it stayed kind of the same, like all the different things that were happening. So uh, anyway, uh, from that, once we raised that money, we we got together after the event and had you know, a few cocktails at like two o'clock in the morning, because <laughs> you know, a few of us. And I was like, "Hey, we should we should do a foundation, man. This is feeling too good. We can't let this this love and and um, you know stop this feeling stop." And they were like, "You're right. We should do it." So we uh, started that process. Got a really great nonprofit attorney pro bono. Um, I had to. It took like. A month, month and a half to do all the paperwork. I learned it, you know, how to do all the filling, you know, figure it out. And uh, uh, early 2017, and then by late 2017, we were full, full blown 501c3. And so we've done um, events, uh, and um, you know, we're still building. We're still small, but we're we're chugging away, man. We've done uh, given money to. Um, this really neat uh, foundation, um, or actually uh, music therapy place in Ohio, where they um, do music um, and as a therapy uh, for uh, autistic kids, and it just and just you know it just helps. Uh, music's amazing, um, and it, it is such. It transcends everything in, in a way, and it's like music to me is like love. You know, love transcends. I feel that way about music, and uh, it's proven to to really help. So uh, we've done that. Um, another, um, we chose um, organic farms because he was into eating healthy and organic and vegan and vegetarian, uh, and he was giving a lot to urban farms farming. So we partnered up with Taja Seville, and because she, she'd been doing a ton of uh, urban farming in uh, areas where you know most. I mean, you go downtown Detroit, not anymore, but like there was a point where there are kids that haven't even seen what a real tomato looks like. It's crazy. It's been a slice on a burger, right? Mm -hmm. So they, they, and they have little convenience stores and they don't see fresh fruit and they don't see fresh vegetables. And how are these kids going to, if their body isn't, you know, getting replenished and, and, and really growing, how are they going to like then be able to be creative and, and blossom into whatever they want to do? So um, anyway, so we chose that, and we uh, did a really cool edible garden. Uh, we did a donation in uh, downtown Detroit at a um, a uh, urban center, 
and uh, that was really neat. The garden grew. They've sent photos of it, and uh, it'll be replenished next year. You know, well, right around now. Um, we've done um, concert benefit concert with Maceo Parker and Candy Dulfer. Um, our first concert was with King, um, the group King. I don't know if you're familiar. Um, there's three female that um, females that have amazing um, band, and Prince was mentoring them. And so they um, they're they're wonderful, really great, and they performed. Uh, so we've been growing, um, and then we have, um, and so we're giving to you know kids programs, and and we did a women's in audio mission event, uh, partnered with them at Pandora in August of last year, and we had a panel. We do tons of panels, really cool panels. So um, we did a panel at Capri where he. Played his first gig ever, his professional gig uh, at the Capri. We did panels there, uh, and Pandora. We did a all-female engineer panel, um, and we had uh, Peggy McCreary, um, Susan Rogers, Sylvia Massey, and Elisa Chambly uh, uh, talk. And it was spanning the women that spanned through his whole career as engineers. It was an amazing talk, wow. and it was uh, uh, to benefit the women uh, women's audio mission. They they train uh, women in audio. There's only five percent of women are in audio, which is sad. Um, so that's the, what we're doing, and we're uh, we have an event in April uh, coming up, um, April 18th at the Fine Line. We've got um, the family stand with Sandra St. Victor. Is that going to be like funk rock crazy? Um, I, I don't know if a lot of people know that, but Sandra uh, did a lot of, uh, or did some writing with Prince in the 90s and uh, Soul Sanctuary and a bunch of different writing. He really loved the family stand and he loved her voice. She worked with Shaka and a ton of, and she's amazing in her own right. Uh, so the band is uh, re reuniting. They're doing a couple shows out east and then coming to Minneapolis. Um, and we have um, on the show, we've got some great St. Paul, Peterson, um, Ingrid Chavez, Shelby J. Um, it's going to be, and then Tommy uh, Barbarella and Julius are doing a set. They do um, Love You to the Nines uh, a set, and so they're going to do a, a, something similar to that uh, that night. Uh, wow. So that's going to be, I know, it's going to be pretty. Pretty, pretty cool. So those and those benefit that goes to help benefit, um, you know, our foundation, and that way we and we have merchandise, and that way um, we can keep doing these and slowly build up grants and really get larger and larger and keep doing the stuff that uh, we find. He was a pretty amazing philanthropically and uh, really quiet about it. I saw him do it all the time uh, when I worked for him and. Um, uh, and his appreciation for musicians uh, that he looked up to was amazing and, and the help he gave. So we wanted to keep that going because we knew that the music was going to keep going but you know that that other part was going to stop if we didn't keep you know pushing towards that. So that's what we're doing. It's a group. We've got over 300 members. Um, there's more out there. We're still finding, oh you did what in 90 what? Five or what? You know, 1978, um, and we're still finding uh, different people that, um, but we're at least 300 strong, if not more. And uh, yeah, so we've got got together. We've got a really cool board, and uh, we're doing some cool stuff. 
And that and event you said is at which venue? It's at the Fine Line in downtown Minneapolis. It's a really nice venue. Um, and uh, I think Liv, just, uh, Warfield just played there a couple of days ago in Minneapolis. Um, and uh, so that's cool. Um, so we'll be there. So we're excited about it. It's going to be a killer show and, and a lot of fun. So That's awesome. Yeah. You know, so good yeah. that you're carrying the torch forward. Like we got to do that. And, then, you know, personally, I, I, I have a passion for it because I just, as I said, he was always empowering to women. And I thank him for the time that I was there. And this is my way of kind of, you know, paying it forward in a way as well. So we're all doing it. Um, and we're just, it's our, a labor of love. And we really believe that we want to make sure his, that, you know, other part of his legacy keeps going. So, so. Much credit to you and everyone who's involved. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. And so. do you have a title within the organization? Or? Uh, I'm the president. You are the president. I knew you were on the yeah. board. I wasn't sure. Yeah. 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 So and the yeah. board is how many people? Twelve. 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 All Double walks um, from hair stylist to um, makeup and wardrobe and uh, management and, you know, all, all, all different people that work, that work for him. So. Wow. And cool. what would your message be to uh, fans that, you know, would like to contribute or, or help out or, you know, what can they do? Yeah, well, they can actually go. We have a, um, a website, prnalumni.org. Um, you can actually, if you want to go to the show, um, the tickets will be there. You can link directly to that. Um, we have merchandise you can purchase, and you can do donations on there too, and all that goes in. None of the board, none of us are getting paid for this. We do it on our own time. And uh, we put it back into, you know, these uh, community projects and uh, keeping the, the uh, alumni afloat because um, it is a business too. So we have uh, got to pay the bands that play and we got to do all that stuff too. So it's great. So that all that kind of support, spread the word, you know, follow us, you know, on our social because it will tell you what we're up to. Because we're going to do some really cool stuff stuff in June as well. We've got a really special um, performance plan uh, in June and some cool panels as well. We, we've been doing it since day one, so we always do really neat outside thinking panels. So I always love those. And uh, I'm honored to listen to all these other cool people that talk about what they do and what they did with him and their thoughts on it. It's really quite honored to be around that. So. That's fantastic. And it didn't escape me that you mentioned about, you know, knowing nothing about a nonprofit and then like having to learn it all. It reminds yeah. me of some of the other stories with, you know, putting together visuals and things like that. Oh yeah. Yep. Absolutely. You figure it out. So and learn, learn how to do it. And, you know, and it took a little work, let me tell you, but it's, it's cool. And I'm still learning. And you know, when you stop learning, you got a problem. So you always keep, keep going. Now, so. What what else are you involved with or, Doing other stuff? Or? Yeah, oh yeah, I do. I have my own consulting. I, I do. Um, I took a break from music for a little bit, and I started a. Um, it's an agave spirit company, similar to a tequila, uh, and that's doing really well. Um, and um, uh, we're in, you know, mar ton of markets now, and getting some really great funding, and it's an amazing product. And then um, uh, from there, I last year I decided that I really miss music. And so I was, um, uh, I, I owned it, um, co-founded that company, and then uh, I was the pre um, president and CMO for it. Uh, but then I really was 
it's moving, it's going, but I really miss music and I miss being creative in that sense and that scope. Um, and I went back into doing music, so that's what I'm doing now. Consulting, branding, you know, that type of thing. So nice. I'm still yeah. Still keeping your finger on the pulse of funk, I hope. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I hear it on the radio as much, but you no. know, there's but there's a lot of amazing new talent. I mean, I you could you could be like, ah, music today. No, I, if you go and you really search, there's some really neat, incredible musicians and um, and great bands and you know great singers and songwriters and that. So I'm I'm really you know invigorated by that. It's good to see because I was worried for a moment. <laughs> I was like, uh oh, where are we going with this, you guys? But uh, it, it's really cool. I think nowadays you just have to be more proactive to find Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to you have to be creative and you got to really actually go for it and, and find it. But um but that's what, you know, like anything you got to work at a little bit to get the good stuff. So the cream is out there. You got to go go find it. Much appreciated, Jackie. It's been great talking to you and hearing the stories and getting to know you and finding out about the foundation. Thank you so much. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on and listening to my my stories. <laughs> I wish you continued so. success with all of that. So Thank you. Appreciate Thank you. it. Bye for now. Bye. So. Hey, back at Truth and Rhythm headquarters. Thank you for joining us on another magical ride with Truth and Rhythm. Whether you're watching or listening, as always, thank you so much for your continued interest and support. Be sure to subscribe. Go to YouTube. Go to the Funk and Stuff channel. That's where Truth and Rhythm lives and breathes and thrives. Also, goodies here like TIR Quick Takes. And if you subscribe, you know what? You get the show before anyone else. It's free. If you love jazz, funk, R&B, soul, you can't miss it. Pass it along. Tell a friend. Tell family. This audience is growing, and it is a beautiful thing. All coming together for the love of this great music. Also, if you can throw us a buck or two, we could use the support financially, keeping the lights on, keeping the servers going, all these expenses. If you can help support the program, whatever you can give, much appreciated. Go to the funkinstuff.net website. And on the right-hand side of every page, you just click and you can donate through PayPal, credit card, whatever. Very easy to do and so much appreciated. And if you do a sizable donation, I will mention you on the program. Also, drop me a line. Email me at scottg at funkinstuff.net. Let me know who else you'd like to see on the show, what you enjoy about the music. Let's just kibitz and uh, talk about stuff, you know, talk music. You'll find that I respond very quickly, and I much enjoy the uh, rapport and the camaraderie and the interaction. Always remember, this is your show, The True Music Lover. So for now, that's all the time we have for this one. It's a wrap. As always, Scott Dr. GX Goldfine saying, keep on vibrating to the rhythm of the one.